Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Friday, April the 29th, 2022. God is so very good. The weekend has arrived. You are there. You survived the week. Congratulations. I mean, it's going to be a great weekend tonight. Me and Adrian are going to hang out at the Priest versus Seminary basketball game in the Houston area. It's a big, big event every year, praise be to God, or at least it was until the pandemic started. But we're back, and there's like 4,000 people hanging out with us tonight. It's going to be a great time. We're looking forward to that. But on the program today, we're going to be talking with Victor Perez, who, uh, whose family escaped communism in Cuba, only to seemingly have to face communism in America. We're going to talk about why he feels the need to get so involved uh, fighting, uh, push, pushing back against the woke ideology in our school system. That's coming up at 35 past the hour. But I've got good news and bad news on the food supply in North America. Good morning, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Let me have the uh, hmm, let me have the good news first. The good news first. Oh well, praise be to God. There's only been two plane attacks on on food processing plants just this year alone. Only two. Only two airplanes have oh. slammed into food processing plants. Uh, the rest were all fires caused by other things. Hmm. So that's good news. Do, do I praise need my tinfoil hat for that? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. I told you we need them on standby. Uh, we're going to be covering <laughs> at 15 past the hour uh, some of the insane details of the food supply shortage and uh, and the sheer number, the volume of fires at food processing plants just in 2022 alone so far. We're not even... We're not even in May yet, and there's been a bunch. So we'll talk about that coming up at 15 past the hour. And, oh, another piece of good news. We're giving away a $300 watch by Agard Watches. Oh, man. Thank you, Mike. Mike yeah. K. from yeah. Odyssey. Praise be to God. Our friend who is not on Odyssey today because Odyssey's broken. But it seems like that. we're streaming, but Are to we? an old stream. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but we're also live streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, bunch, uh, Rumble. We're on Rumble. You can find all the links on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, Monica, hanging out with us on Rumble this morning. But uh, we do, in fact, have a gift certificate for $300 to give away to one of you Catholic Drive Time listeners. Praise be to God. Thanks to Agard Watches and our friend, Mike K., the, we call him the brick wall. He's one of our CDT insiders. They both uh, pitched in to give us this giveaway. And so we're, what we're going to do is we're going to give you a chance to enter. You can enter actually several times into the drawing. So your chances of getting into this drawing are very, very good. And we will pull a name out on Monday. I think it's May 9th. Uh, we're going to do that on the after show. So how do you get into the drawing? Well, it's very simple. You need to be on our email list so if you've not joined our email list, do so today. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Look for the uh, CDT Insider email list link. You'll find the details there. Or simply whip out your cell phone, your smartphone, and text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's it. All, that's all you got to do is text the letters GRN to 42828. 
888-428-2828, and you will automatically be entered into our email list. We'll also send you a talk by Father Bill Casey, and you could possibly win because you're going to get the instructions uh, how to enter this giveaway, and you might win a very cool $300 watch, or you could buy two $150 watches, one for the misses as well, possibly. All of that you can find on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Good morning. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. Are you up for a little bit of horse today? A little game of horse before the game show? Uh, you no, and I? You, you know, and me? I'm not an equestrian. I don't know how to ride a horse, so I'm, I'm <laughs> not going to be able neither to. neither do I. Uh, I oh, you won't played be horse before basketball, my yeah, friend. Yeah, I know. I'm just joking. I'm joking. You play the horse? Uh, I mean, not in a long time. I haven't played basketball in a... Oh, a lot of a long time. It's been a while. I used I played in high in middle school and did not play basketball in high school. And in terms of just shooting hoops with friends, it's yeah. been a couple years. I think Joe can break your ankles. <laughs> I think I'll break my own ankles just trying to play the game. Yeah. I'll be too busy just trying to drag myself down the court. It'll be hilariously fun. Maybe we can try that before the game starts. We'll find a, a basketball and play a little game of, of horse. And if we can film some of it, we'll share it with you in our CDT Insider Telegram group, which also you can find on our email list. So you got to get on the email list. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT for all of those kinds of details. Let's pray. Let's begin. We have a lot to cover today. It's going to be a great show. Join us for all or most of it, if you can. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now you're breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Friday, April 29th. We made it. We made it to Friday. And these are your headlines. Reuters reports Biden seeks $33 billion war chest to support Ukraine. Zelensky wants quick approval. The funding request includes over $20 billion for weapons, ammunition, and other military assistance, as well as $85 billion in direct economic assistance to the Ukrainian government, as well as $3 billion in humanitarian aid. It's intended to cover the war efforts needed through September, the end of the fiscal year. While lawmakers are broadly supportive of spending in, on Ukraine, Republican congressional aides said on Thursday that efforts to combine the war funding with a proposed pandemic response package could make it difficult to pass. I don't care how they do it, Biden said. They can do it separately or together, but we need them both. AP reports Trevor Reed back in the U.S. one day after Russian prisoner swap. Axios reports the decline of Catholicism in Latin America. Now this is alarming because when a center-left news site is talking about this, you know it's bad. Catholicism is losing its influence in Latin America as the percentage of people who say they identify as evangelical has grown. The Catholic Church has historically influenced Latin American laws and politics, but its decline is starting to impact some of the country's policies, even as other faiths grow. For example, several countries have recently decriminalized abortion, recognized so-called uh, gay unions, and pushed for so-called transgender rights. The percentage of people who identify as Catholic dropped from 70% in 2010 to 57% in 2020. Breitbart reports Biden's DHS confirms plans to siphon health care services away from veterans to illegal aliens at border. 
During a hearing before the House Homeland Security Committee, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas confirmed that the Biden administration is in talks with VA officials to potentially transfer doctors and nurses to the southern border to treat illegal aliens arriving every day in record-breaking numbers. Americans are forced to subsidize medical care for illegal aliens to the tune of $18.5 billion annually. Last year alone, Americans footed the bill for more than $316 million in medical care for border crossers and illegal aliens who were detained in ICE custody. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Catherine of Siena. Well, there's a lot to be said about St. Catherine, so we're only going to scratch the surface. The value of Catherine makes central in her short life, in which sounds clearly in constantly through her experience, is complete surrender to Christ. What is most impressive about her is that she learns to view her surrender to her Lord as a goal to be reached through time. She was the 25th child of Jacobo and Lapa Benescasa and grew up as an intelligent, cheerful, and intensely religious person. Catherine disappointed her mother by cutting off her hair as a protest against being overly encouraged to improve her appearance in order to attract a husband. Her father ordered her to be left in peace and she was given a room of her own for prayer and meditation. She entered the Dominican Third Order at 18 and spent the next three years in seclusion, prayer, and austerity. Gradually, a group of followers gathered around her, men and women, priests and religious, as an active public apostolate grew out of her contemplative life. Her letters, mostly for spiritual instruction and encouragement of her followers, began to take more and more note of public affairs. Opposition and slander resulted from her mixing fearlessly with the world and speaking with candor and authority of one completely committed to Christ. She was cleared of all charges at the Dominican General Chapter of 1374, and her public influence reached great heights because of her evident holiness. Her membership in the Dominican Third Order and the deep impression she made on the Pope. She worked tirelessly for the crusade against the Turks and for peace between Florence and the Pope. In 1378, the Great Schism began splitting the allegiance of Christendom between two, then three popes, and putting even saints on opposing sides. Catherine spent the last two years of her life in Rome in prayer and pleading on behalf of the cause of Pope Urban VI and the unity of the Church. She offered herself as a victim for the Church in his agony. She died surrounded by her spiritual children and was canonized in 1461. The people of Siena wished to have Catherine's body, and a story is told of a miracle where the, whereby they were partially successful. Knowing that they could not smuggle her whole body out of Rome, they decided to take only her head, which they placed in a bag. When sought by the Roman guards, they prayed to Catherine to help her, confident that they, she, would rather, she would rather her body, or at least part of her body, be in Siena. When they opened the bag to show the guards, it appeared no longer to hold her head, but to be full of rose petals. That's absolutely wild. St. Catherine of Siena, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. 
All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Chrysostom said, Fear not the yoke of Christ, for it is a yoke of the greatest sweetness. Be not disheartened when he mentions a burden, because it is a burden exceeding light. If then our Savior says that the way of virtue is exceedingly narrow and replete with difficulties and dangers, we must call to mind that it is so to the slothful only. Perform, therefore, with alacrity what is required, and then will all things be easy. The burden will be light and the yoke sweet. Close quote. St. Chrysostom, pray for us. Hillary said, the hidden things of heavenly words are their power, are hid from the wise, and revealed to the babes, babes that is in malice, not in understanding, hid from the wise because of their presumption of their own wisdom, not because of their wisdom. Close quote, Hillary. You know, there is a lot of undertones in today's passage that if you had been a first century Jew would have spoken vividly to you in ways in which it is hard for us here in the 21st century to really grasp and understand uh, the wisdom angle Jesus evokes according to Ignatius Catholic commentary today wisdom's invitation to humble to be humble in the uh, Old Testament in Sirach 51 wisdom calls draw near to me in uh, verse 23 of 51, it says, Put your neck under the yoke. In verse 26, See with your eyes that I have labored little and found for myself much rest. In verse 27, these parallels reinforce Jesus' identification as wisdom itself in this particular passage. But there is another parallel, there's another undertone going on in this passage, and that is of King Solomon's son Rehoboam and the yoke of Solomon and the more difficult yoke of his son Rehoboam. In 1 Kings chapter 12, we see that the people come, Jeroboam with the people come to Rehoboam to beg for a lighter yoke, because the yoke of Solomon was too heavy. And Rehoboam, in his arrogance, says, you have seen nothing, for my father's loins are nothing compared to mine, and if you thought his yoke was heavy, wait till you see mine. It will be like scorpions. I'm paraphrasing, but... Not a good thing, Rehoboam. It led to civil war and the split of the kingdom. Pray on that today. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Some atheistic scientists claim we don't need God to explain the universe because science is sufficient to get the job done. But is this true? The answer is no, and here's the reason. Science could never negate the need for God because it can't give an exhaustive explanation of the universe. First, it relies on the inductive method in order to validate its hypotheses. As such, scientists can never be certain they've discovered every piece of data necessary to give a complete explanation. They must always be open to discovering something new that could alter their current theory. Furthermore, science presupposes an existing universe to observe and explain. 
Thus, it could never explain why the universe exists in the first place rather than not. Science has explanatory power, but not enough power to negate the need for God. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Victor Perez is going to be here. Um, I've never met. I think I've met Victor Perez once, but I know his son. His son is a priest here locally. Great priest, by the way. Praise be to God. Father Victor Perez in the Houston area. Well, his dad is uh, getting involved in the school board uh, nearby. And his family had to escape communism from Cuba. And we're going to be talking about why they left and why we seem to be facing communism today in our school system in America and what that means and, uh, and all of that coming up at 35 past the hour. So stick around for that if you can. But there are, as I say, several stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you. I have seen uh, several stories lately about the global food crisis the supply chain food problem that we're suffering here in the United States, North America, and around the world, actually. And then this morning, I happened across a video on YouTube by Yanasa TV. That's Y-A-N-A-S-A TV, Yanasa TV. And the gentleman on this channel, and uh, his segment is As a Man Thinketh. It's very good. I won't play it for you, but we are going to link to it in our social feeds. And uh, in this video, this guy's a farmer. He's a rancher and a farmer. And he is going through uh, the reports just in this last couple of months, just in 2022, since January, how many food processing plants have been uh, under a fire, have had some issues. Now, we'll talk about what this means or what the speculation is here in a moment. But I want to go through with you, so far in 2022, all of the food processing plant fires that we have had so far. So here's the list. And I got all of this from Yanasa TV YouTube channel and the video Six Months to Colossal Food Shortages, which, again, we're going to link in our, in our chats for the live video stream today. So you can find it there. Uh, all of those links, by the way, are on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. All right, since January 1, January 1, Van Durham... Van Durnum Farms in Illinois had a fire. So this, these are all food processing plants of some kind or another. So January 1, there was a fire at a food plant in Illinois. January 7th, poultry plant in Hamilton, uh, Hamilton Mountain, Ontario. January 14th, Cargill had a fire in Lecompte, Louisiana. And Cargill is huge. That's a huge plant. They had a fire on January the 14th. January the 21st, a potato plant in Warden, uh, Washington, had a fire. On February 3rd, Wisconsin River Meats had a fire. 
On February 15th, the, the largest soy processing plant in the United States, in Claypool, Indiana, had a fire. Uh, I'm not going to lose any sleep over soy getting burned down. But <laughs> I was about to say. anyway, neither, <laughs> neither nor there. That's, well, that's a good one. The <laughs> it's the biggest one, and it had a fire on the on February 15th. Um, I think also on the same exact day as the soy plant in Indiana, the Bonanza plant in El Paso, Texas, had a fire. February the 28th, the Shears food in Hermston, Oregon, had a boiler explode on them. March the 13th, Nestle Food uh, had a, a fire in Jonesboro, Arkansas. March the 16th, a Walmart distribution plant in Plainfield, Indiana, food distribution plant, had a fire. March the 23rd, Shearbrook Food Processing in Quebec had a fire. That's also a, a pretty big facility, I am in, I'm under the impression. March the 28th, Maricopa Food Pantry uh, caught fire in Arizona. March the 30th, Penobscot uh, Potato Plant in Belfast, Maine. Great place, by the way. Uh, had a fire. March the 31st, Rio Fresh in Texas caught fire. April uh, the 11th, East Conway Beef and Pork in New Hampshire, a beautiful part of New Hampshire, just utterly beautiful there in East Conway. Love that place so much. Um, they had a fire on April the 11th. April 13th, Gem State Potato Processing in Idaho had a plane crash into it. Very interesting. Uh, April 13th, Taylor Farms in Salina, California caught fire. April 18th, Azure Standard in Oregon caught fire. April 24th, General Mills in Covington, Georgia had another plane crash into it. Let's see. We're talking 10-day difference and two planes. What, what are the odds? What do you? I would love to know if anybody out there knows what the, how to play the odds. What are the odds of two planes... Two different locations, crashing into food processing plants within 10 days. I was trying to figure that out yesterday because I, I, I mentioned that story yesterday in the news broadcast. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not very good at math, so I, I can't be sure. Although I can, with a reasonable mm -hmm. amount of certainty, mm -hmm. say mm -hmm. that is very unusual. <laughs> I, no, it probably happens all the time. No problem. Planes fall from Two the sky planes, and crash into food, food processing, processing plants. plants. I mean, if you were a pilot, wouldn't you be like constantly going, I need a place to land in case of an emergency. Any food <laughs> processing plants down there that I could target? I mean, good grief. What, how is this possible? All right, so that was April the 24th in Georgia. So, so far, to date, in 2022, there have been 18 fires and or plane crashes at food processing facilities in the United States and in Canada. Canada's in there as well. However, on March the 14th, there was a huge fire at the largest food logistics center in Taiwan. So that just uh, goes to show that there's probably, if you started digging, you'll probably find a ton more. In fact, I did a little digging this morning and I found a whole list on Reddit. I won't bore you with the details, but they're listing a lot more incidents at food locations uh, to include, like here's one, 300,000 chickens killed at Vandy Bonte Poultry Farm in, or in uh, Ostego, Michigan. Uh, so then they list the news articles for each and every single one of these. And so you're seeing massive issues in the supply chain all across the United States so far. So 18 in 20. 22 so far and that's just so far now this gentleman that i quoted from this morning and again yanasa tv is the youtube channel and we're linking to it on the on the live video feed he he went back and looked at he compared to 2021 
In 2021, there were eight. Eight in 2021, and now 18 so far, not even halfway through the year, already 18 in 2022. Now, so what's causing this? What's behind this? This is where the tinfoil hats come in, and I don't, I don't have my tinfoil hat. <laughs> I do have my new, uh, do my, my new stylish hat, which doesn't fit with the headphones. But um, So a lot of people are actually saying, you got your tinfoil hat ready? I would be hilarious if you actually had one. I would laugh. I'm going to so bring hard. one next week. Yeah, we got to do that. Because it's starting to become it's, it's an issue. common. Right. <laughs> so a lot of people are blaming Russia and Ukraine. And some people are suggesting that these are actual attacks orchestrated by Russians against the U.S. food supply system. So there's that. Is it true? Well, regardless of the conspiracy theories, putting the tinfoil hat away, you could say, well, Russia is causing food supply problems around the world. Of course, we've talked about this before. They are a major supplier of grain, sunflower oil, fertilizers, um, all of which are big issues, and we are feeling the impacts of that. By the way, China is the largest holder of grain on the planet, uh, which they've had, according to this gentleman, had to throw away warehouses full of grain that has spoiled. So that's always fun, huh? So that food supply coming from Russia, Ukraine, is causing a problem around the world. And the bottom line is the poorest of the poor are going to suffer in those situations. It won't be the United States as much as it will be countries in uh, Africa, for instance, that will suffer in those situations. But this gentleman whose channel focuses on farming, agriculture, ranching, and all of the issues related to that. See, we're going to try to get him on, by the way. We're going to try to book this guy to talk to him directly about this. But he points out the the existing supply chain problems that we've had already. I mean, so you don't have to go too conspiratorial to realize that there is an issue here that has been bubbling up now for a while. So uh, he points out that Already, before we ever invaded uh, Ukraine, or we didn't invade Ukraine, for Russia invaded Ukraine, and we supplied them with all the ammunition, guns, planes, trains, and, and missiles, plus training and more, billions of your taxpayer dollars going to the proxy war there. Uh, before all that ever happened, we were already suffering with lower yields on our, our farms. What's causing that? Well, one of the points he points out is the, the, corporate, the corporate farming environment in which we find ourselves has been doing some uh, doing a trick to the soil, and he says he points out that the soil is actually less productive now than it has been because the nutrients are being zapped out of the soil, and so they are more dependent upon fertilizer than they ever have been, and this is an issue, especially when you have fertilizer shortages like the ones we're seeing now because of the Russia-Ukraine. Uh, conflict, right? So you're seeing already existing supply chain problems, already existing farming and agricultural problems being exacerbated by the other problems, not to mention the pandemic supply chain that uh, that affected all of us, right? I remember trying to get some things we could not get, and I, my mind was blown. I'm like, isn't this America? Can I always just order up a deep freezer? Well, <laughs> well, I can't just walk down to my Best Buy and buy one of these things? Like, it blew my mind. Nope, sorry, can't get them. And then, of course, we saw the, the chip shortages that affected almost everything to include the car market. The automotive industry took a huge hit, having a hard time keeping demand. We had a friend who it took almost a year for him to get his computer, yeah. a car computer component right. yeah. <laughs> to come in to, to fix his car. So. Uh, Clarissa and Daniel, yeah. they had their brand new Mercedes. Uh, there was a chip shortage. And so the, one of the features on their Mercedes, which is standard, 
was not installed at all because they couldn't get the part. Wow. And this is a brand new, from the factory Mercedes. I would return it. So, okay, well, how does that affect farming and whatnot? Well, we said it does affect the fertilizer for sure. However, um, the diesel shortages, right? So what runs on diesel? Trucks? Planes? No, not planes, but trucks, yes. Tractors, yes. Uh, you know, all of the, the things that you get to your house come by truck or train, for the most part, boats have bunker fuel, airplanes have jet fuel, but uh, we're seeing massive shortages in diesel fuel. Uh, the Biden administration has released up to 40% of our nation's fuel reserve with no plans of replenishing that 40%. Almost half of our nation's strategic supply if we had to go to full-on war, guess what we use to supply the fuel to our planes, trains, trucks, boats, all that stuff? Our strategic supply. Ha- almost, almost half, 40%, poof, gone, with no supply back, coming back. We've shut down the pipelines. We've restricted who can uh, drill or or, uh, or or go look for exploration, go look for potential new reservoirs for, for gas and for oil. So all of that has equated to pushback on our, our food supply chain to actually supply the needs of you and me, let alone export this to countries that are going to need it more than you or me, right? So he's pointing all this out. Then he couples that with you have drought. He says it's the worst drought since the 1500s in the West. Now, you came from California. What's the drought like there? <laughs> Oh, man, the drought's always bad in California, but that's because California and, and most of the Southwest, it's it's hubris. You know, we're trying to create a desert uh, to make it into uh, an idyllic paradise. But Yeah, but there's Crazy. always a drought there. Always a drought there. Well, then you couple that with massive inflation and uh, golly gee whiz, times are looking very interesting for sure. Be smart. Stock up. I, you don't have to hoard, but, you know, do the smart thing and add some extra cans in your grocery cart this week. So be prepared and pray. We'll be right back. We have Victor Perez coming up next. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to the Men's March. From the University of Dallas and as seen on EWTN. What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest. All episodes streaming now at quest.udallas.edu. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired, and now more headlines. Breitbart reports Ron DeSantis crushes partisan lie. Floridians, Floridians will not be on the hook for Disney. Since DeSantis has moved to abolish the Reedy Creek Improvement District, an establishment narrative has been formed suggesting that Floridians will have to pay off Disney's outstanding $1 billion in bond debt. In response to concerns, Christina Peshaw, DeSantis' spokeswoman, said partisan politicians and their stenographers in the press are making unsubstantiated statements that do not stand up to basic logic. Let's think about this for a minute. If it's true that the repeal of the special district would hand Disney a tax break and that local taxpayers would be on the hook for its bailout, then why would Disney oppose repealing their special district? Indeed, why didn't Disney lobby earlier to get rid of the special district long ago? The Hill reports, Russian Navy deploys trained dolphins to guard base, satellite images show. Satellite images taken on Thursday show two dolphin pens at the entrance to a naval base in the city of Sevastopol on the southwestern tip of the Crimean Peninsula in the Black Sea. The Sevastopol naval base is the most important and strategic for Russia in the Black Sea, located about 165 nautical miles from Ukraine's port of Odessa. According to the United States Naval Institute, combat dolphins are trained by both Russia and the U.S. for counter-diver operations, meaning they could prevent Ukrainian forces from infiltrating the naval base. Epic Times reports Amazon reports $3.8 billion loss in quarter one as warehouse and fuel costs soar. And the Washington Examiner reports Deutsche Bank source found dead in Los Angeles. This is a very strange story. Val Brokschmidt, a Deutsche Bank whistleblower, was found dead in Los Angeles. Brokschmidt assisted the FBI in investigating Deutsche Bank by providing the Bureau with a trove of documents. In 2017, Deutsche Bank was fined more than $600 million for its role in a Russian money laundering scheme and fined $16 million in August 2019 to settle charges over hiring family members of foreign officials to seek their favor. The Justice Department announced in January 2021 that Deutsche Bank agreed to pay more than $130 million to resolve the government's investigation into violations of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act and a separate investigation into a commodities fraud scheme. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. You know, all across our country over the past year and a half, especially, we have seen a major uptick in parents getting involved in their local school boards because they're realizing the hard way that they can't just, it's not a drop-off program. You can't just leave your kids at the, at the step of the school and expect that your teachers have their best interest at heart. In fact, we just covered a story just this week about uh, uh, the, the Satan Club trying to, you know, access children in the after-school program and, uh, and the insanity that ensued with that. But joining us now to talk about this and more is Victor Perez from the Houston area. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Praise be to God. We're glad to have you on the show. I understand that you and your family, uh, you were born in Cuba, and uh, that you and your family fled Cuba. Can you tell us about that, please? Sure. Um, uh, when I was seven years old, in 19, which was 1960, um, my, we fled, we've, we left Cuba, in, uh, uh, and, you know, it was, it was about a year or so after Castro came into power, and... Uh, Thanks be to God that my parents uh, saw the writing on the wall, and uh, so it was fortunately before the Bay of Pigs, so we could still fly out. So we flew out. Uh, my parents uh, put my brother and I on a plane um, with just, uh, and fortunately we had some family already in Miami who had left earlier, and then my parents stayed behind, and then they came, they came out like uh, several months later, and, uh, and then we all piled into uh, 
a three bedroom house, like two or three families. And wow. uh, it was really, you know, we weren't, we weren't able to tell anyone that we were leaving. We were pretending that we would be back. Uh, we weren't able to say goodbye to anyone, any of our friends. Um, things were starting to get, uh, uh, pretty dicey there in Cuba as far as, uh, what was happening, you know, confiscation of property and lands and things like that. And, uh, um, you know, uh, requiring, uh, kids to go in the country to, to work in the fields and, and things like that. Um, so fortunately we were able to get out and, uh, and I grew up in, uh, in Miami as a result as, as, and I was, I was, it was in third grade. I was, uh, the first Spanish speaker in my class. There were no other Spanish speakers. Um, and so it was just a class, you know, just like a, a regular English class. It was an interesting time and, and fortunately kids adjust pretty, pretty quickly. I imagine, I mean, you were seven, so it's probably hard to remember all the details, but I imagine in the years that followed, you had uh, some interesting conversations with your parents about those times. Uh, what was their impression about what was happening to their country? Well, it was very disturbing. Um, you know, my, my grandfather had just uh, passed away a few months before we left because he was very upset about what he saw happening in the country. Um, you know, there were just, I remember even at my age, uh, shortages of food beginning to pop up. Um, uh, you know, seeing, uh, military, uh, Castro's military, you know, in the park where I, where I played growing up. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, sh shootings on, on the street kind of thing. Um, so, uh, you know, hearing, hearing the voice of, uh, of Castro coming onto the TV, yeah. uh, as they were entering Havana. I remember that, um, you know, it's kind of a scary time. And, uh, um, so fortunately we were able to get out. Um, I remember arriving in Miami and I think my, uh, at the time I remember my, my parents, uh, I think they, they were given, there was one place in Miami where all the Cubans that came out were coming out of, uh, Cuba uh, were, were, would go to, I think it was called the Freedom Tower there in Miami. And I think they, they were given a little bit of cash. And, uh, and I remember the, uh, the powdered milk and the cans of powdered milk and powdered eggs and, hmm. and so on, you know, starting our life in, uh, in Miami. And, you know, my dad was uh, only 40 years old. So he had 40 years old. So he had to start over from scratch and, you know, um, leave everything behind and start to start over. You know, and uh, I remember he he sold door to door, wow, uh, to, to um, you know to uh, provide for our family. So it was, again, it was really interesting at yeah. that time. And uh, then I remember with the, uh, of course, with the the missile crisis in Miami, uh, and you know Cuban missile crisis. The uh, again seeing a lot of uh, U.S. military in, in the Miami area. Um, uh, you know, it was it was interesting. Uh, and, and I remember, uh, this is not particularly related to Cuba necessarily, but, um, back in those days we would have, um, drills at the school, you know, in the schools, Sure. like, you know, taking yeah. cover yeah. you know, under your desk yeah. uh, and staying away from the windows and, yeah. and things like that. Wow. Mr. Perez, what was your, what was your first impression, you know, on arrival into the United States? Uh, you know, like it must've been so different. The culture was different. Uh, what was your experience? You know, it was like, um, yeah, it was, it was really, it was really different. Um, 
we I went to uh, that was my first my introduction to the um, public school system, if you will, um, which was an elementary South Ali Elementary, and uh, 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 you know I, I remember in the in the in, in my class like. Uh, Watching the uh, Kennedy uh, inauguration in a little black and white TV in, in, in class, and also the um, um, you know the, the Alan Shepard uh, rocket, you know uh, the first flights, you know from uh, from, the, from the space program again on a little black and white TV. Um, I remember uh, at that time my parents weren't there yet, uh, and so we were staying with an aunt and uncle. And uh, my my uncle, who was at the time only um, in his early, you know, maybe like 20 years old, um, he would drive me to school. And I remember one day we were late, and uh, and he said, uh, "I said, what do I say when I'm late? I didn't even know what to say as an excuse." <laughs> and he goes, "Just tell them, repeat these words: traffic jam, traffic jam." So <laughs> it was just those basic things. And I walked into the classroom. And the teacher said, "Victor, what was? Why are you late?" And I said. Uh, Traffic jam, and she goes, okay. And uh, so I thought those are like magic words. <laughs> uh, basically, I had a, I had a, as I mentioned, I was the only Spanish speaker, the first Cuban in my class. Um, the teacher was uh, a young teacher, very, um, uh, very understanding, very patient, uh, and really a great teacher. And she really helped me a lot. We're talking with Victor Perez. Miss Jenkins. Miss <laughs> Jenkins. We're talking to Victor Perez about uh, how his family escaped Cuba. I, I want to get into uh, the issues we're having with the school board. We're up against a break here. Let me ask you one last question before we go to break. How do you feel when you see kids today wear Che Guevara shirts or have Che Guevara tattoos or you see Che Guevara uh, murals? So how does that make you feel as somebody who was born in Cuba and had to flee? Uh, that they are just like totally so ignorant and and uh, you know so sad they're so ignorant and then they glorify. I, I'm giving them credit by by just saying that they're ignorant, if you will, uh, but that they glorify um, someone that um, you know murdered a lot of people uh, and, and you know as a result of the revolution and then afterwards, yeah, you know, killing of dissidents and so on. So it's just really sad that. Uh, that that's being glorified. Yeah. Uh, one, one like one quick thing about my experience. Uh, one quick thing about Cuba and my experience is uh, uh, when we came back, when we came to Miami, then we had the Bay of Pigs. After that, and my uncle, who was living with us, the one that drove me to school, he went away and disappeared, and that was because he he was in the Bay of Pigs oh. uh, invasion, and so we had several of our relatives that were uh, around us in Miami that went away for a while. And uh, we didn't know exactly why. It was sec- wow. top secret, if you will. And then they were at the, uh, they were they were in the Bay of Pigs, and fortunately, were able to come home. Wow. Well, praise God, they they lived through that experience. Hold that thought. We're talking with Victor Perez on the other side of this break. We're going to get into the issues with the school and why it's getting involved. All that and more coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. 
men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. We're talking with Victor Perez. And the last segment, boy, right at the end there, Victor, you like you hit us with a big Bay of Pig story. God, I wish we'd have started with that, but uh, at any rate, I'm glad your relatives survived that. Praise be to God. Speaking of relatives, real quick before we jump back in, you have a son who is a priest here locally in the Houston area, uh, right. a great priest, uh, really inspired by uh, Father Perez. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's playing in the game tonight, right? Yes, he is. He is. He's been playing the last uh, several years. Yeah, praise be to God. Well, unfortunately, I won't be rooting for him. I root, <laughs> I root for the seminarians because nobody else will. But but I will be excited to see Father Victor playing tonight. Will you be there at the game, the big game tonight? Yes, yes, we will. Oh, wonderful. Hopefully, we'll see you there. Uh, let's talk about the school system. Um, you know, the last couple of years have been very interesting because it seems like parents are really waking up to the difficulties that our school system really has. It, the, uh, whether it's teachers' unions or it's the woke ideologies. I mean, just go on TikTok. You'll see plenty of teachers, you know, trying to cram their agenda down the throats of their students and uh, to undermine what parents are, how they're trying to raise their kids. Uh, tell us from your perspective how you see this. Right. So um, just to give you a little background, um, I'm I'm currently a candidate for um, school board here in Katy, Texas. Um, we're in the middle of that right now. But my uh, my wife and I, we've been married 47 years, and I retired a couple of years ago from the energy industry. And uh, we felt like we needed to get involved locally, you know, to make a difference. Really, you know, what what better place than to get get involved with the school board? And so we both started actually going to school board meetings and really paying attention. Uh, we raised our three kids here in the area, and now we have four grandkids here in uh, in, in the area in Katy, Katy, uh, Katy, Texas. And um, so we've got skin in the game, and um, we started attending board meetings, listening to what was going on, um, and and just wanting to make a difference there. And really, uh, what kind of caught our eye a little bit was. Um, we, we, we've seen some of our nieces and nephews, you know, that are now in their late 20s, even early 30s, um, really go in that have been through the school system and have been through, through the universities, et cetera, that have, that have really, that you see, where you see kind of the, do, the indoctrination that they went through, mm. um, you know, and, and, and now in their 20s, they're, they're, they're you know, they've, they've, they have some, some kind of, I guess you could say, woke, um, uh, mentality, if you will. 
And so thinking about the, the kids here in the public school system and, and our grandkids, we want to pay attention, start paying attention and trying to make a difference and speaking out. And, uh, you know, particularly um, related to the uh, some of the uh, ideologies, uh, particularly related. Well, another issue here is also the inappropriate books and materials uh, getting into the schools and getting into the library. So it's it's kind of like a the overall thing is kind of protect the kids, protect the kids from, uh, you know, the, the, the politics and just get back to education and protect them from inappropriate materials and just ideologies that we don't need to be getting into that's divisive to kids. Um, you can call it uh, CRT, critical race theory, et cetera, but ideology that is uh, divisive, that is uh, hyper-focused on race, and um, it really is it intended to divide us and not, not unite us. You know, we have a very diverse uh, school district here, and so um, you know, we've been paying attention to that issue as well. I find it very fascinating because, you know, I'm thinking most people they don't think, you know, everybody wants to say, yeah, there are problems in the world, but it's not in my community. Oh, yeah, there's problem in the school system in general, but not my school system, not my local school. And then whenever we discover these problems, it becomes very difficult for us many times to try to get involved. You say, we, oh, there's someone's already on the board. Somebody's already involved in the politique. Um, so how should uh, people feel about things happening in their community and should people like start actually doing what you're doing and running for office, running for school board, running for local government? Sure. Uh, first of all, parents need to really be paying attention to what their kids bring home, what their kids are doing in the classes, etc. You know, just pay, you know, pay attention to that, number one. And, uh, and they have a lot of influence, believe it or not, if they just pay attention and, and speak out just to their principal even about things, you know, opting in or opting out for, for things, programs that they don't like. So they have the ability to do that a lot of times. And so they need to just pay attention and voice their opinions to their teachers and to their principals. Uh, so that's number one. And, and also it's amazing how really very few people even show up at board meetings, uh, school board meetings. And so there is the opportunity to speak out. Uh, usually, sometimes it's very constrained as far as your time and, and so on. But you do have the ability to speak out and just and and at least here in Katy, the school board meetings are uh, videoed and and streamed, uh, both live and then after the fact, so you can really pay attention to that. And just if you if you see the board that's not really being responsive to parents, if you see the board's not hearing the parents, if you see the board that's just uh, going along with everything. And not protecting the kids, not uh, not not really being engaged and proactive, um, uh, then really you you need to be speaking out, and then c consider running, consider running or supporting a candidate that 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 is going to run that will make it that will make a difference in in the education and the and make a difference in terms of what I'm talking about in terms of uh, you know identity politics in the classroom um, and also. Uh, the early sexualization of children. That's that's the other thing that uh, uh, got me engaged and involved was that that aspect of it. Yeah, and many people too are are taking the same approach. Uh, we see a lot of parents being concerned with uh, all the things that are taking place in the in the school. Maybe they weren't aware of, but 
You know, I, I, I just to, to kind of piggyback off of uh, Adrian's question here, I think maybe, maybe most parents would want to be involved in the schooling of their children to make sure that they are, are, you know, maintaining their innocence and they're not being exposed to these crazy, crazy things. I mean, this is just the, the top of the, the iceberg here. But uh, I'm wondering, you know, for the people who feel they want to be involved but don't maybe feel that they are um, equipped for this sort of role, what would you say to those people? Well, at least, at least, um, you know, pay attention to your, your, your child as best you can in terms of, again, what they're bringing home, what they're learning. Try to be really plugged in with, um, you know, maybe you don't feel in, uh, capable or, or equipped to run for school board, but you can pay attention. Uh, you know, the school board races have very low turnout. People just don't pay attention. And typically, the school board races, at least here, are sort of in an off, off the calendar, if you will, in terms of there's nothing else going on. There's not any big primaries or anything. So, low, like last year when we had a school board um, race, uh, the uh, turnout was under five percent. So, under five percent of the people elect a school board, and so that's one thing: is be involved, and, uh, learn about the candidates, and be involved that way, and support a candidate. And, uh, and, and, but also just, you know, pay attention, uh, and, and, you know, communicate with your teacher about things, the teachers about things that bother you, disturb you, and is also, uh, with the principal. You know, I saw you know, that's, that's a big thing right there. President, make Bi your voice heard that way. President Biden recently uh, was talking to some teachers at the White House, and he made this statement that seemed, it troubled me as a parent. He said uh, to these teachers, and this is an article I saw out of the Daily Wire, dailywire.com, it says, like, uh, says uh, the president spoke to teachers of the, new, uh, of the year, teachers of the year event held Wednesday where he urged teachers to help students, quote, gain confidence enough to know what they can do, close quote. Going on to say, quote, they're not someone else's children, they're our children, he said. Well, when he said that, you know, the Internet went berserk on him, you know, because it just comes down to what we think he means by that. And I can see a spinning on this where he doesn't mean anything more than just saying, hey, you know, teachers, treat your kids like they're your own. I could see that. But at the same time, we are seeing in the school system where teachers believe and adamantly promote undermining parents on so many levels as if we don't have... Uh, the right to educate our children the way we want. They want to ensure that these kids grow up in their mold and then their likeness. And I see that as a major concern. Here's my question for you, though. Do you see, like it seems to me, looking at these school board meeting videos that come out where parents are, are really angry and expressing this, it seems like these folks are on all all across the political spectrum. They're not just conservatives and Republicans here. We're talking about libertarians and liberals. I think parents in general see this as a major issue, irregardless of their political ideology. How do you see that, Victor Perez? Yeah, well, let me say, first of all, that, you know, I always say that the, the ch they are the children's children of the parents first. They're the children of the parents first, and their students second. And the, par the parents' voices need to be heard. So I'm all about parental voice. And also, most teachers, most teachers are very hardworking. They're underpaid. They're overburdened. So one of my topics actually is to help and support the teachers. But at the same time, recognizing that the parents have a, 
a big role in the education of their children. You know, so that's that, so so we had to we had to recognize that um, um, that you know the parents the the parents have a have a, a very important role and uh, we need to recognize that and uh, I think most teachers are again like hardworking and underpaid and it's a calling for them and we have a we have a crisis with teachers leaving the profession and that's that's something that I'm uh, really uh, very worried about uh, because the classroom sizes are getting larger, and uh, as opposed to getting smaller, and we need to we need to uh, staff for optimal class sizes. Mm. Well, we're just about out of time now. Victor Perez has been our guest. It's been uh, good to chat with you. Thank you for sharing your story of your family, and uh, we'll certainly be uh, praying for your future and getting involved in the in school systems. But uh, thanks for encouraging everyone everywhere to get involved in the school system. God bless you. God love you. Thank Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much. I will see you at the basketball game tonight, praise be to God. It's going to be uh, 4,000 screaming fans for seminarians. No, I'm going to be the only guy rooting for the (laughs) seminarians in the whole building. I think think the record is now tied between seminarians and priests, so you could... We're going to sweep the priests tonight. The the, the old guys have no chance against the young, (laughs) up-and-coming whippersnappers of the seminary. Either way, it's going to be a good time. Hey, don't forget to get in on that Agard watch giveaway. $300. You could win. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. We'll see you on Monday. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us at at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, 
the weekend before Father's Day in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Hi, I'm Patrick from St. Vincent de Paul Catholic Church. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love inspired to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Friday, April the 29th, 2022. The weekend is here. It's going to be a great weekend. Woo. It's going to be nothing but blue skies, low humidity. <laughs> it's going to be 65 degrees and sunny. Maybe, maybe in your head. In my head, Kenny. <laughs> in my head, Kenny. Yes. We watched a video last night of the Azores. My wife's family's from the Azores. So I was showing our kids this, this beautiful, epic video. And uh, they're like, it's just humid here all the time. And I'm like, oh. But it doesn't get hot. Huh. I'm like, Okay. Well, we may have to visit then. We may have to just see. <laughs> I can deal with humidity if it's not hot. But uh, that's why I live in Houston where it's hot and humid. Anyway, it's a rabbit hole. Let's not go down that road. Let's instead talk about $300 uh, watch we're giving away. So cool. Or could and be, there's many options could on be there. watches. Men, women, yeah, nothing a, in between. It's a, Yeah, there's no other option. No other option. Agard and our friend Mike K, we affectionately call him the brick wall, he is from Virginia. He is one of our CDT insiders and a supporter of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Praise be to God. Uh, they have gotten together. He and Agard got together and gave us a $300 gift certificate to give to one of you. You could win. So how do you get in on this action? Well, you have to enter, and the best and first way to do it is to go and join our email list where you will receive the instructions. Now, the good news is you can actually put your name in the hat more than once. You can act, there's several things you can do to increase your chances to win. So praise be to God. So $300 gift certificates on the line. We're going to pull the winner on Monday, May 9th during our after show. So you want to get in on this fast. If you're not already on the email, then join right now. Pull out your phone and text the letters GRN to the number 42828. All right? So text GRN to the number 42828. That will automatically put you on our CDT Insider email list. Yes, I will harass your inbox at least once a week, but I only give you the good stuff. All right? I give you stuff that's super cool. We don't ever give it away on the show, and you get to get it on the email list. It's a good time. Um, we don't... Uh, we don't ask for much. We like to give more than we, than we receive. So being on the CDT Insider List gives you some perks to include a brand new, or not a brand new talk, but a talk by Father Bill Casey on the State of the Union, which you will get immediately in your inbox after signing up. So pull out the text, pull out the phone, and text the letters GRN to the number 42828. You'll get on the email. I'll send you an email with all the instructions. And uh, you've got to act fast because we will pull the winner a week from today. 
Yeah, yesterday you sent out an amazing uh, movie. I started watching it, and it was right after my heart was absolutely shattered because, <laughs> folks, it's over. What? My little daughter is kind of walking on her own. Ah, yes. It's over. She's it's on over. twos. She's mobile. Oh, man. It's done. You're over. Okay. The good news is you're st it's still just two on one right now. <laughs> Uh, the next child, you'll be man-on-man, man. but then after that, you're playing zone defense because yeah. they're going to outnumber you very fast. Yep. And the, and the next child will walk even faster. They're going to run. They're going to come out running. <laughs> Good luck, Gala. Please Speaking God, no. of which, Adrian Fonseca is here uh, running from birth uh, on the ones and twos. Good morning, Adrian. You know, I just found out mm -hmm. that you need a TV mm -hmm. license in England. <laughs> yeah, I told you. <laughs> and I'm looking, I was looking it up while you were talking. Mind blown. And apparently it's five pounds per year or $160 mm -hmm. one time. And you can't watch the BBC, the British Broadcasting uh, Network, whatever the C stands for. I don't know and, why you would uh, want to, though. Yeah, I don't know why you would want to either. But <laughs> that... The, that's the blows my mind. You would think they'd give you the propaganda machine for free, right? But you can. You don't need the license though to actually buy the TV, and you can still use streaming services and oh, okay. and pre-recorded things. You just can't watch live shows or BBC, which I guess the reason is also because they uh, you can't watch sports. I guess that's why people would pay for it. You got to pay for that. Yeah. Well. That's the, wild. I didn't know that. I had no idea that was a thing. Maybe fewer people will actually have cable. TV. Just saying. For $5 a year? Oof. Nah, people would pay for that. All right. Well, <laughs> one could dream and and, uh, and hope and pray. Hey, we're going to have a great show. We have a good news story coming up for you in just a moment. We also have uh, a Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, plus a reflection, plus our fear and trembling. And today's the day we give out the prizes. So your last chance to get on, on the drawing, and we will give the prizes away today. It's coming up at 15 past the hour. Hey, did you go to the Fishers of Men dinner in South and Central Texas, part of the Guadalupe? Lupe Radio Network? If so, thank you. Thank you for hanging out with the GRN last night. Praise be to God. I hear it was an excellent event with Father Donald Calloway, and we are grateful to everybody who supports our radio apostolate. Let's pray. Let's jump in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here's your good news story for the day. This is from the Epic Times. They're able to stay together. A couple adopt six siblings who were in foster system due to neglectful parents. A couple in Minnesota adopted six siblings after they had taken in they were taken into the child protective services several years ago due to neglect. Ruby Caleda and her husband Armando Ayala signed the adoption papers in Minnehaha County Courthouse late March. The happy moment was captured on camera. The six siblings all smiles pictured with their new mom and dad. They're able to stay together, Ruby said. They're just happy that they found their forever home. They're not going to have to go to different people's houses and stay there for a while, and then they get attached, and then they have to go to another home. The siblings were taken into CPS due to neglect from their parents, who are currently serving time in prison. You don't do that to your kids, Ruby said, uh, of the father, her brother. If you want children, you need to be, like God says, you need to change. When the siblings first entered the foster care system, Ruby started keeping tabs on how they were doing and anticipated one day 
being their mom. I love them, just like they were my own children, she says. Every time I saw them, I had to leave. I cried. Due to prior cancer, she's unable to have kids of her own. Avery, one of, a children, one of the children, is autistic and suffers from fetal alcohol syndrome. He had been through several, few, uh, several foster homes, as well as uh, you know, his foster parents were, excuse me, he had been through several foster homes, but most of his foster parents couldn't tend to his needs. He went to Children's Inn, in, and the social worker called me because he couldn't be there any longer, Ruby said. He's the one who opened my doors to get all of them. Originally from Riverside, California, Ruby and Armando now live in Leota, Minnesota. Currently, the kids are attending elementary school and doing well in class, Ruby said. So what's next for the family? Well, they're going to be traveling in California to do something fun for their adoption day. Uh, Ruby said they think they're going to go to SeaWorld or Disneyland. Now, this story is important for me to bring to your attention, dear listener. When we talk about marriage and its purpose of populating the world, we talk about the ideal situation. But many people suffer from infertility. And what do we do about this? Well, we can't go to IVF or other unethical forms of treatment, but we can foster children and even adopt them and bring them up in the one true faith. This way, we can continue to build up the kingdom of God on earth. And that's good news. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Catherine of Siena. I'm barely going to scratch the surface of this wonderful saint, so I'd highly recommend looking up her life. The value Catherine makes central in her short life, and which sounds clearly inconsistently through her experience, is complete surrender to Christ. What is most impressive about her is that she learns to view her surrender to her Lord as a goal to be reached through time. She was the 25th child, that's right, 20 fifth child of Jacopo and Lapa Benicasa, and grew up as an intelligent, cheerful, and intensely religious person. Catherine disappointed her mother by cutting off her hair as a protest against being overly encouraged to improve her appearance in order to attract a husband. Her father ordered her to be left in peace, and she was given a room of her own for prayer and meditation. She entered the Dominican order at, the, at, at 18 years of age and spent the next three years in seclusion, prayer, and austerity. Gradually, a group of followers gathered around her, men and women, priests and religious. An active public apostolate grew out of her contemplative life. Her letters, mostly for spiritual instruction and encouragement of her followers, began to take more and more note of public affairs. Opposition and slander resulting from her mixing fearlessly with the world and speaking with the candor and authority of one completely committed to Christ. She was cleared of all charges at the Dominican General Chapter of 1374, and her public influence reached great heights because of her evident holiness, her membership in the Dominican Third Order, and the deep impression she made on the Pope. She worked tirelessly for the crusade against the Mohammedans and for peace between Florence and the Pope. In the great schism began splitting the allegiance of Christendom between two and then three popes, putting even saints on opposing sides, you know, St. Vincent Ferrer, the other Dominican. Catherine spent the last two years of her life in Rome in prayer and pleading on behalf of the cause of Pope Urban VI and the unity of the church. She offered herself as a victim for the church in its agony. She died surrounded by her spiritual children, was canonized in 1461. And this amazing story about her after her death, the people of Siena wished to have Catherine's body. A story is told of a miracle whereby they were partially successful. 
You didn't even see why that's a joke. Knowing that they could not smuggle her whole body out of Rome, they decided to take only her head, which they placed in a bag. When stopped by the Roman guards, they prayed to Catherine to help them, confident that she would rather have her body or at least part thereof in Siena. When they opened the bag to show the guards, it appeared no longer to hold her head, but to be full of rose petals. That's a strange story. St. Catherine of Siena, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Gregory the Great said, For a cruel yoke and hard weight of servitude it is to be subject to the things of time, to be ambitious of the things of earth, to cling to falling things, to seek to stand in things that stand not, to desire things that pass away, but to be unwilling to pass away with them. For while all things fly away against our wish, those things which had first harassed the mind and desire of gaining them, now oppress it with fear of losing them. Close quote, St. Gregory the Great, pray for us. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, a number of things from Cornelius Alapide. Here, have you ever wondered what it was meant by a yoke being easy and sweet? Like, how could a burden be be good and easy. And the reason that Cornelius Lapide gives is a number of things, but one thing that I find very interesting is that he says essentially that we are all going to be bound up and service to someone. We are all going to have to have some kind of burden. We're all going to have to some, serve some master. We, we either be slaves to ourselves, slaves to the world, slaves to some king. Why not let that king be Christ? Why not let us be burdened with the law of Christ? Why is this? Because, as Cornelius Lapide says, he says, Take the yoke of my gospel on your neck. For if you come and receive it, ye shall indeed learn that I am no tyrant, nor a severe and rigid king, but a lowly, meek, and clement, and benign Lord. And with so great humility and meekness, this is such a grace that we have that our Lord is not some lofty king who doesn't understand the way that his servants live and have our feelings and our own struggles and temptations. He understands because he became man and he lived and died for us. And so he loves us. And because of this, even though, yes, it is true that we are bound by the law, we are bound by the law that Christ has set up. If you love God, you'll keep his commandments. Our Lord has given us orders, has given us things that we must do. But his orders, his burdens are light, not because they're easy and we could just walk through life with no problems, but because that they are given with love 
and they direct us to love, and they direct us to something that is greater, something that is going to be ultimately beneficial to us, that is going to bring us to everlasting life, and that our Lord does not do this out of harshness. He does this out of love and humility. So let's meditate upon that today. Let us think, how can I take up my yoke, and uh, that yoke that is Christ, and live for Him? Yeah, amen. Praise be to God. All right. 59 entries so far in the Agard Watch Giveaway Contest. Praise be to God. Make sure you're on that email list. It matters. But we're going to give out prizes today with the today with the triple triple We need a caller. You could win. It's possible. That phone number is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call right now. Rudy Carlos is standing by to take your call at 877 877- Seven five seven ninety four twenty four. Fear and trembling is up next, and prizes are at stake. We'll be right back. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? First Peter three fifteen says, "Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared." Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one: Pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read scripture, read the catechism, listen to apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10, do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid-fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't faith. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have secrets and agendas. And we also give up prizes. That's kind of a cool part, isn't it? Speaking of which, uh, so there are a few things we like to do on the show, but you're not supposed to tell anybody about our secrets or agendas. And as I mentioned, we do give out prizes. That's one of them. The other one is, of course, we like to have a laugh, and our callers are amazing. But also, you learn stuff 
on this, right? I mean, just think about that. So put my agenda to the side and just go, you know what? I'm learning. And that's, and that's important. Praise be to God. But here's the kicker. I do have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me. Uh, I do not ask the caller the questions. So they could technically not know a single correct answer and still win our game. Uh, that's because either Adrian or Rudy will, one of which will be right, the other will be incorrect, and then we'll put the right answers in the coffee cup of Divine Providence, and we're going to pull out a winner today, and someone's going to win a prize. Rudy, what could they win? Whoa, my mic was off. Pick a card, any card. Any card, Joe. What uh, is it? I, I, it's I don't too know. much pressure. Queen, King, It's a setup. Jack, I just queen, know you're king. setting me up here. It's a magic trick uh-huh. because mm-hmm. David mm-hmm. Blaine taught me how to do it. David. Well, praise guy. be to God, you might be David Blaine at your own house with this deck of cards. Our sponsor this week is Holy Playing Cards. Wow. Holy Playing Cards are a fantastic way to cultivate an appreciation for the saints among your friends and loved ones while enjoying your favorite card games or magic tricks. Cards feature beautiful works of art representing 45 unique saints, plus reverent depictions of Christ for the King of Cards. Let's restore the kingdom of Christ. Please check out their website and get yourself a set at holyplayingcards.com. Just don't make me pick up those 52 cards with that little game you guys like to play, 52 pickup. Ha ha, so funny. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know what it was. Anyway, they're generously sponsoring our game show with a deck mm-hmm. of cards. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. holyplayingcards.com. Praise be to God. Thank you, holyplayingcards.com, for your generous gift of giving us something to give away to our caller this week. Praise be to God. Let's go to the phones. We did get a lot of calls today. Hey, if you don't get on today, call on Monday. Call early. Be on hold, and that way you get your chance to win a brand-new prize pack next week. Let's go to the line. Tony and Kim, good morning to you. Good morning. Is this our friends from the great metropolis of Rowlett, Texas? Yes. Yeah. Wow, you must be stuck in traffic or something up there. It's probably what there's probably what six or seven million people who live in the Rowlett, Texas area, or something like that. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Praise be to God. <laughs> there's at least one traffic light in that town. I know it's true. All right. Now, yes. Kim and Tony are veterans here. It's been a while since you played the game, and uh, hopefully, you're doing very well. How was your Easter, by the way? It was great. It was great. Praise be to God. We had it at our house. That's awesome. Well, the good news is it's all easy question Friday. I mean, super easy questions today. Is it going to be like batting practice for you, Tony? Are you guys ready to go? We're ready. Let's do this thing. We will start, as is our custom, our patrimony, our tradition, so long as the Vatican allows it. Uh, with Rudy Carlos, good morning I'm, to you. I'm canonically irregular, so. <laughs> I've heard this, I've yeah. heard this. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Joe. Uh, no, still no green tie. It's got a green stripe. you got to squint really hard. That should be it's a there. clue to Kim and Tony. There's no green tie here, mm. so. Ooh. What does it mean? Yeah, are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Praise be to God, are you sure? I'm, I'm really ready. Mm, are you sure? The coffee's giving me the fear, and I'm ready. Amen. Amen. All right, Rudy, can you tell me what is the first commandment? I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not have strange gods before me. Mm, are you sure? Yes. Okay. Do you want me to read it in the way that people read? I wonder. The lectors. I wonder. I wonder. Shoot uh, an accent. You should have added. You should have added more thous and these. That would have been better. <laughs> but uh, let's just see what Adrian says. Adrian. Yes, Good morning to you. That's my name. Praise be to God. You remember it. Two bachelor's degrees, and we can finally remember your name. 
You have two bachelor degrees? I don't, but you do. Oh, I know my name. here nor there. Do you? I do. I wonder. Hey, can you tell me, what is the first commandment? What is the first commandment? Yeah, this is very important. We see it uh, preached in the culture all the time, the first commandment. Uh, do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Do as thou wilt should be the whole of the law. Mm-hmm. Huh, okay. Yep. You're saying that's the first commandment. That's the first commandment. Well, Kim and Tony, is it as Adrian says, do as thou wilt shall be the, the whole of the law, or is it as... Rudy says, I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt not have strange gods before me. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Kim and Tony, what say you? It, it is after taking me, so I'm going to go with Rudy. Going with Rudy? Survey says... Very wise. That's the second commandment, by the way. That's the second commandment, go with Rudy? Yeah, the second go commandment with Rudy. is go with Rudy. No, mine was the, uh, the the first commandment of the Church of Satan. So, yes. yes. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Yeah, don't. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's a bad thing. I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no strange gods before me. True, true story. All right, praise be to God. You're in for one. You could win. It's possible. But uh, we're going to see if we can't double your chances here with this next one, which, again, I think is super easy. Uh, very, very easy. We're going to go with Adrian for this one first. Uh-oh. And for this one. Uh-oh. It is. It is. Adrian, here's a tricky question. Does water break the Eucharistic fast? Yes. So it's... Yeah. We, are, uh, we have to fast. We have to fast. And have to fast. And communion. And then before that, it was midnight before receiving communion. Wow. And back then, mm-hmm. were, was, did water break the fast? The answer is... Yes. You really? Yep. No water. No Mm-mm. water. Nothing. You can swallow nothing. Don't even think about water. It's when you're awake. See, if you're asleep and you swallow your saliva, no big deal. But okay. if you're but if you're awake, you have to just spit it out. You can't swallow your saliva. Wow. Yep. That's tough. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's just see what Rudy has to say here. Rudy, does water break the Eucharistic fast? No, especially if you take a big sip and you go. <laughs> Right afterwards. Is that canonically required? Yes. You have to go. (laughs) Refreshing. And then you turn to the camera with the water Uh, and you say, "Ah, untouched by man. (laughs) (laughs) Yakara VT Levu. Fiji water. Kim and Tony, is it as Rudy says, no water doesn't break the fast? Or is it as Adrian says, of course it breaks the fast? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Kim and Tony, what say you? You just got to. You just get here. You just get here. You do, right? I mean, this is why, I mean, I drink water before mass, uh, before mass all the time. It might happens to be sort of a blacker color, but it's really just water. I don't right? think that counts as water. What? It's filtered water, Adrian. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> like you said. <laughs> Good totally. stuff. Sponsored right. by you're in for coffee. Two. Coffee. <laughs> the other sacrament. Hey, you're in Yikes. for two. Praise be to God. Uh, I think we're going to get you in for three. I'm going to say this is all easy question Friday. We're going to go back to Rudy for this one. Rudy, can you tell me who is the high priest that, that sent Jesus to see Pontius Pilate for official condemnation to death? You know... He's played by a guy that vaguely resembles what? you, Joe, what? Sorry, what? in The Passion of the Christ. What? You're breaking up. His name uh-huh. was Caiaphas. Caiaphas. He was a devious. Fancy. Son of a biscuit. What? Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, Adrian, can you tell me yes, I who can. is the high priest that sent Jesus to see Pontius Pilate for official condemnation to mm-hmm. death? 
Yeah, that was Ananias. Ananias. Mm-hmm. This is tricky business. Easy peasy. I thought this was all easy question Friday. That's clear, Ananias. Huh. Well, Tony and Kim, Kim and Tony, is it Ananias, as Adrian seems to think, or is it Caiaphas, as Rudy seems to think? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Kim and Tony, what say you? I'm going to have to go with, uh-oh, Rudy. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> All right, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking, uh-oh. <laughs> that is tricky because uh, who did Jesus see first? <laughs> Ananias. And then he was sent to Caiaphas. Caiaphas sent him on to, to Pontius Pilate. And, and the rest is, as they say, history. But you're in for three. Praise be to God. Well done, well played. Now we're going to pull a winner. Now I'm shuffling right now. Now, Rudy, are you shuffling in the cup, or how are you doing this? I can't shuffle in the cup because it's not as efficient. But I'll put it in the cup and I'll draw from the cup. You should speak in the King's English when you say right. that. Thou now it's going thy back. Name in thy cup. I am now drawingest the name. It's Kim and Tony. Look Kim at that. Kim and Tony. Let's go. That. Is- It helps when you get three in. Now, uh, Tony, when you get these playing cards, you should ask your mom to play 52 Pickup. (laughs) It's a great game. You can can YouTube it, figure out how the rules work. But uh, it's going to be fun. (laughs) Congratulations, Kevin, Tony. (laughs) Have a great day. Happy Easter to you guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. Tony, be good at school, okay? I will. God bless you both. We're going to put you on hold so we get your... Make sure we got you all connected. But that's going to do it for the radio side of our show. Hey, we're going to go to a basketball game tonight in the Houston area. See the priests get trounced by the seminarians. Just saying. It's going to be a three-peat. Praise be to God. But it's going to be a good time. If you're in the Houston area and you're going to the game, stop by and say hello to Adrian and I. We'd love to say hi to you for sure. Otherwise, we'll see you back here on Monday. We have some great shows lined up for you. God bless you. God love you. And enter the watch giveaway. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Catherine of Siena. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. At the Lamb's high feast we sing praise to our victorious King who hath washed us in the tide flowing from his pierced side. Praise we him whose love divine 
gives a guest his blood for wine, gives his body for the feast. Love the victim, love the priest. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you always. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty God, God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, and what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask the blessed Mary of a virgin, virgin, and all all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church. And all the saints, (laughs) and to you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who set St. Catherine of Siena on fire with divine love, in her contemplation of the Lord's passion and her service of your church, grant through her intercession that your people, participating in the mystery of Christ, may ever exalt in the revelation of his glory, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. A Pharisee in the Sanhedrin named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, respected by all the people, stood up, ordered the apostles to be put outside for a short time, and said to the Sanhedrin, Fellow children of Israel, be careful what you are about to do to these men. Some time ago, Theudas appeared, claiming to be someone important, and about 400 men joined him, but he was killed and all those who were loyal to him were disbanded and came to nothing. After him came Judas the Galilean at the time of the census. He also drew people after him, but he too perished, and all who were loyal to him were scattered. So now I tell you, have nothing to do with these men and let them go. For if this endeavor or this activity is of human origin, it will destroy itself. But if it comes from God, you will not be able to destroy them. You may even find yourselves fighting against God. They were persuaded by him. After recalling the apostles, they had them flogged, ordered them to stop speaking in the name of Jesus, and dismissed them. So they left the presence of the Sanhedrin, rejoicing that they had been found worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name. And all day long, both at the temple and in their homes, they did not stop teaching and proclaiming the Christ, Jesus.
The word of the Lord. One thing I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord. One thing I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is my life's refuge. Of whom should I be afraid? One thing I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord. One thing I ask of the Lord, this I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I may gaze on the loveliness of the Lord and contemplate his temple. One thing I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord. I believe that I shall see the bounty of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord with courage, be stout-hearted and wait for the Lord. One thing I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs he was performing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. When Jesus raised his eyes and saw that a large crowd was coming to him, he said to Philip, Where can we buy enough food for them to eat? He said this to test him, because he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred days' wages worth of food would not be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what good are those for so many? Jesus said, Have the people recline. Now there was a great deal of grass in that place. So the men reclined, about five thousand in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them to those who were reclining, and also as much of the fish as they wanted. When they had had their fill, he said to his disciples, Gather the fragments left over, so that nothing will be wasted. So they collected them, and filled twelve wicker baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves that had been more than they could eat. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, This is truly the prophet, the one who is to come into the world. Since Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain alone. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John is the great Eucharistic chapter of all the Gospels. And today we read from the beginning of that great chapter. And it begins, of course, with the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, which we just heard. In this miracle, there are all sorts of allusions back to the past and to the Old Testament, in particular to Moses, and also a prefiguring looking forward to what is to come in Jesus' Bread of Life discourse. In the first place, we can see the multiple allusions to the great prophet Moses. In the first place, we are told that a large crowd has assembled there near a mountain, that Passover is near, and that the crowd is hungry and needing to be fed. All of this, of course, is an allusion to Moses, who went up on Mount Sinai, and then the Israelites were gathered in the desert with a large crowd, and there in the desert were hungry and begging for food. Of course, Passover is also an allusion to the great event of Moses delivering the people from slavery in Egypt. All of this is going to go to show that whatever the prophets of the Old Testament were able to do, Jesus is going to do as well because he is a great prophet. But not only, of course, is he a great prophet, he's something more. And so the message, in a way, is going to be whatever the prophets, whatever Moses could do, so too can Jesus, but he, of course, can do even more. The next detail from the Gospel, which is interesting to note, is the sentence which says quite simply, now there was a great deal of green grass in that place. I suppose that could seem like an unnecessary descriptive detail of the setting which they're in, but really it is an allusion to the 23rd Psalm, where we can read, the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Here too we're beginning to see the reference and the prefiguring that Jesus is the Good Shepherd. He is the one who leads the hungry to green grass, he is the one who leads us to drink, he is the one who is going to be able to nourish us. The next significant element of the passage comes from the numbers which are given. We're told that there are uh, five fish and, or sorry, five loaves and the two fish. The five loaves, of course, symbolize the Pentateuch, or the five books of the Torah, of the law. And the two fish symbolize the prophets and the wisdom literature. In other words, what you have there is an encapsulation of the entire Old Testament. You have the law, you have the prophets, and you have the wisdom literature. Very significantly, once they have distributed all of the food to the people there and have had enough for all, they gather it together in 12 wicker baskets, which of course symbolizes not only the 12 tribes of Israel, but more significantly now, the 12 apostles. And what we're going to see here is that God's revelation in the Old Testament was carried to us through the law, the prophets, and the wisdom literature, but now his definitive revelation that comes to us in Jesus Christ is going to be built on the 12 apostles who are cornerstones of the church and from the apostles the revelation of Jesus is going to be spread throughout the entire world of which we ourselves have been beneficiaries and finally of course today's passage is also prefiguring and looking forward to the Last Supper to the Mass and to the Eucharist it is significant that Jesus takes the bread he blesses it he breaks it, he distributes it, and there is enough for all. Those are, in fact, the very words which are echoed in the Eucharistic prayer 
where the priest takes the bread, he blesses it, and then he distributes it, the body of Christ, to the faithful. And this again is an allusion to the fact that Jesus Christ himself is the bread of life. He is our spiritual nourishment who comes to us in order to help us in the work of transformation that we would become more and more like him. And so my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us in a very special way prepare our hearts to participate in this sacred mass, that we would be able to receive the grace that God wishes to bestow upon us, and that we would truly recognize and appreciate and be thankful that Jesus is the Good Shepherd who has come to feed our souls with his grace, who has come to nourish us with his very body and blood. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, filled with paschal joy, let us pray more earnestly to God that he who graciously listened to the prayers and supplications of his beloved Son may now be pleased to look upon us in our lowliness. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for his physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all bishops and government leaders that they would be inspired by the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit in their decisions. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and the courage and perseverance to unite their sufferings with Christ on the, on the cross. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for peace in our world. We pray for peace in our lives. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers and for all those joining us online through radio, and for those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. O God, who know that our life in this present age is subject to suffering and need, hear the desires of those who cry to you, and receive the prayers of those who believe in you, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hallelujah, sing to Jesus, is the scepter, is the throne. Hallelujah, is the triumph, is the victory alone. Hark the songs of peaceful Zion, thunder like a mighty flood. Jesus, out of every nation, hath redeemed us by his blood. Alleluia, not as orphans are we left in sorrow now. Alleluia, he is near us, faith believes nor questions how. Though the cloud from sight received him, when the forty days were o'er, 
shall our hearts forget his promise. I am with you evermore. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Accept, O Lord, the saving sacrifice we offer in commemoration of St. Catherine, so that, instructed by her teaching, we may give ever more fervent thanks to you, the one true God, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, at all times to acclaim you, O Lord. But in this time above all, to laud you yet more gloriously, when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. For he is the true Lamb who has taken away the sins of the world. By dying he has destroyed our death and by rising restored our life. Therefore, overcome with Paschal joy, Every land, every people exalts in your praise. And even the heavenly powers with the angelic host sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni sunt celia terra, gloria tua, hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini, hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. Mystery of faith, 
When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Preceptis salutaribus moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus indicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adeniat regnum tuum, Fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cielo et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum, non nobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra. Sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris. Et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. And graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. <clears throat> Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam undi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam undi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam undi, Dona nobis pacem. 
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. All else be not to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Be thou my wisdom, and thou my true word. I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great Father, thine own may I be. Thou in me dwelling, and I one with thee. Let us pray. May the heavenly table at which we have been fed, O Lord, confer eternal life upon us, as even in this world it nourished the life of St. Catherine through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Salve Regina. Mater misericordiae, vita dulcedo, et spes nostra salve. A te clamamus, exules filii heve, a te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hoc lacrimarum vale. Eha ergo. The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Father Ricardo Ariola from St. Bartholomew the Apostle. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. <laughs> 